0: Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. The Open Home Hour underway on this Father's Day weekend at Rosie on the House. And right off the bat, we need your help. Actually, we need your vote. Nominations are underway for the Arizona Daily Star Reader's Choice Awards. Yes, we've won it numerous times thanks to you. But this time around, um, it's a little bit different, tad bit different. Uh, We are nominated for Best Homeowner Resources, which we've won numerous times, and Best Business Referral Networking. But this year, there will only be 10 nominees to vote for. So we need your vote to be in uh, one of those 10 nominees. So here are three ways you can get to do that. Number one, check the Rosie on the House newsletter that if you subscribe to it, Uh, This past Thursday, we released uh, the information on how to vote. Look at our Facebook page, or I'm going to give you this web address, marketing.tucson.com forward slash readers choice 2022-0. Again, you have until Tuesday night at midnight, so help us out here. We'd like to get that win again for the Arizona Daily Star Reader's Choice Awards. Rosie, we've got a special guest here.
1: Well, here at Rosie's house, it's no mystery to you regular listeners that I love history. And we have an historical event happening this month. Our flagship station, KJR, is turning 100 years old. So we've got the market manager for Bonneville Broadcasting, Mr. Ryan Hatch, here to visit with us about how many of those years he's been here. Ryan, thanks for joining us, my friend.
2: Oh, uh, Rosie, it's so cool to be talking to you about this. And, you know, we're not going to talk about how long I've been here. <laughs> we're going to talk about how amazing it is that you have been every Arizona homeowner's best friend for a third of the time the KTAR <laughs> has been on the air broadcasting. That's, that's, think about that. Well, it's, it's remarkable for 30-plus years out of the 100-year history uh, that you have been helping Arizonans with uh, all their needs around the house.
1: It's, it, it, in some ways, it's scary. In some ways, it's humbling. I was here for Arizona State's 50th anniversary
2: and when would that have been that would have been 72 uh, 72 right because 2012 was 100 yeah yeah so anyway ktar and
1: we're celebrating the actual date is june 21st 2022. do you know that was the birth year of soviet socialist republic
2: we're, we're, we're putting together a, a timeline uh, for our front lobby, uh, and that did not make the cut. So I did not. Know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always leave it to you for the history. Now, usually it's state history. In Arizona, I know, I know. You know, places to go, things to do, everything else. Little did we know that you're an international man of mystery and history.
1: Well, reaching back into history for Arizona 1922, there's only a couple things you can find. <laughs> Birth year of KTAR.
2: Here's here's what's really fun about this, Rose. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity. You know, I don't jump on the air that often, but when you and uh, and and Romy and Gary reached out, it, uh, because you've been such a big part uh, of of the legacy of what KTAR is uh, and means to our community. Uh, over those 100 years. But we, we've we had, if you're driving around the Valley, and I know you've got listeners all over the Southwest and throughout the state, but if you've been driving around, we've had uh, billboards up uh, for the last three months uh, talking about uh, how KTAR has been uh, the trusted voice of the Valley for 100 years. And that trusted voice, you can look at it from the Merle Award-winning uh, Capital JN Journalism news team, I always refer to you, Rosie, and others that have been here uh, for so long, and the, the, these trusted voices that Arizonans have relied on uh, to make their lives better and to help build up this community that continues to grow at such a rapid rate. Well, I
1: I appreciate you trying to make me a part of this, but, but uh, who was it that wanted to flip KTR from AM to FM?
2: <laughs> that was that was bonneville in our ownership uh, was... uh, and uh and by the way uh, <laughs> it was a, a 70 plus million dollar investment in an fm signal uh and uh we went uh from being that full service you you, you remember this so oh. well that news talk and sports and it was uh, a bit of everything for uh for for decades uh and what we realized is that that news audience really wanted to get their news and information and their traffic from Detour Dan, and that sports audience really wanted more sports. And so, uh, uh, our our company was uh, uh, strategic enough and uh, in, and in, in had uh, the foresight to say, you know what, let's let's put news on FM, let's put sports on AM. And then eventually, a uh, sports jumped over to to FM as well with Arizona Sports, and
1: uh, that was such a bold move. And in the in the radio broadcast industry. It was, it grabbed everyone's attention that I know. But think about, think about the history now. We've got telegrams and Morse code through the middle of the 1800s, right? Right. Okay. And then about the end of the 1800s, somebody comes up with something called a telephone. Television, 1927. Pagers, 1980. Cell phones, the 90s. Smartphones. I want to know. Ryan, what happens the next 100 years? All these things I just read off, most of them have happened under your watch.
2: I get asked that question all the time, and my answer is always the same. I have no idea, but <laughs> we're going to go to where the audiences are and make it as easy as possible to find the important information and content uh, that, that we're creating uh, to keep this market and this valley and this state uh, informed and connected. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I was thinking about it the last week. i I was in San Diego, uh, and it was Saturday morning. Uh, my, my sister, my youngest sister, was graduating college, and uh, the Hatch family made a trek out there. Uh, and I'm listening to you on, on, on the app, on the KJR <laughs> News app. You know, you can access you uh, anywhere in the world. Uh, and, and, and who knows where it goes next, but uh, we'll figure out how it's delivered. Rosie, we, we don't know, and that's also it's exciting and it's scary.
0: Well, Ryan, you not only have the distinction of 100 years on the air, W.W.L. New Orleans, W.L.W. Cincinnati, W.L.S. Chicago are all celebrating 100 years, but y'all have four call letters, so you have a very unique distinction Uh, there.
2: there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and it's moving west, right, as as radio towers were being built uh, 100 years ago. I think WBZ in Boston uh, is in there as well, Gary. So uh, it's a year, I mean, not long after uh, Marconi invented this thing, uh, and it became uh, a, a major broadcast uh, distribution channel. Uh it, it's again it it's an honor. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one other thing that's really really neat that we're we're proud of here and again you guys are are such a big part of this. Uh it's 100 years of, of serving the community and it's not serving it based on uh just an FCC license or what the requirements are. it's, uh, it's 100 years of creating meaningful impact and uh I, I know one thing Uh, that that we're very proud of, that we share, and I know that uh, you and your partners are proud of as well and hopefully uh, excited about, is the fact that this station this year uh, won its fifth Crystal Award. Uh, And you talk about those heritage stations around the country, Gary. uh, KTAR is only one of a handful that have won the distinction of five Crystal Awards. And, And that comes from the National Association of Broadcasters. Uh, and it speaks to those that provide remarkable community service uh, for their markets. Uh, and uh, KTIR this year, uh, while celebrating our 100th anniversary, uh, was awarded that. And again, when, when I think about what we do as much as the informing and everything else, it is, man, it, it's it's community service. It's how do we make this uh, a better place? And Rosie, I know when we go out and have uh, uh, you know, a, a cold soda pop, uh, an adult pop, and some wings, uh, uh, we're always talking about that as well. And... And and we're we're just so dang proud of not only the the relationships, the meaningful impact, uh, the awards that come along with it, but we also, you talk about those call letters, KTAR, there aren't that many call letters that continue in in this age of digital disruption to mean something and to mean a lot to the community. And we know KTAR still does. It means a tremendous amount to the audience, to the community, to the listeners.
0: And, And let's go with some trivia here. K T A R stands for.
2: Well, what 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 did it uh, originally stand for? Keep taking the Arizona Republic. That's That's exactly correct. Ding 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 ding. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs)
1: you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Ryan Hatch, the market manager for K T A R, can't thank you enough for taking a couple minutes out of your busy schedule and just sharing all of this. Uh, Now with a timeline. Will y- will y'all be publishing the timeline for other people to kind of consume and peruse and be entertained and educated by?
2: Yeah, we're 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 going to uh, once we reveal it, and uh, it's actually still not. Uh, I mean, it's a Saturday morning right now. Uh, it's still not on the walls yet. Uh, we're going to cover it so our, our our great teammates and employees here don't see everything. The reveal will be on the 100th birthday on on the 21st, but uh, we're 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 going to merchandise it uh, and 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 share. Uh, again, so many significant moments that have taken place uh, over 100 years of broadcasting. And, and it's crazy to think. this. We've been a state for 110, and KTAR has been here for 100 of 110.
1: That's awesome. Well, radio broadcasting has been a big part of my career, based all completely on one double dog dare. Somebody said, I, Rosie, I dare you to try it. and And I'm proud to have been... And humbled to have been associated with KTAR with the likes walking the halls of the Haywoods and the Westmorelands and the Dixons and the McMahons and and all the current staff that we get to see on a regular basis I'm 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 extremely humbled y'all have allowed me and I'll never forget it was the KTAR was the first station I presented the idea for the show to and the, I still remember the programming manager's desk. I remember his name. I remember his face. And he said, well, that sounds like a pretty good idea, but how much radio experience do you have? <laughs> 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 and at that time, I had a grand total of exactly 0.0. And did you have an air check by chance? No, no, I didn't have nothing. Okay. I didn't have, but he coached me. He said, we like the idea. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to do A, B, C. When you got that done, call us. Let's get you on air.
3: So.
2: Well, Rosie, you, you, you mentioned a lot of names, and uh, and, and and I know you're a uh, you're you're a humble man, but uh, uh, we sure appreciate you too. Uh, and and your name belongs right up there with, uh, with with the greats that have been on the air too. So, congrats to you. Your continued long run, everything you do for Arizona.
1: Thank you, Mr. Ryan Hatch.
2: Thanks, Rosie. Smoke gets in your eyes.
4: Let's
1: see if we can go to Eileen.
4: Okay, so I am just about to lose my mind over <laughs> a smoke alarm uh, that even with fresh batteries, and I've tested multiple times, and it won't stop beeping.
1: That's so nice. I, we
4: have it in the furthest room from where we typically spend our time in the house. The door is closed. And I can we can still hear it through the door. Uh, I'm getting we're getting ready to take wire cutters to it this morning, and I'm like, w- "What's wrong? Why why is it continuing to beat?"
1: Eileen, I'm gonna ask you to hold on one minute. We're gonna reach out to one of our uh, Rosie certified security professionals see if we can raise them up in what we call a Rosie
3: lifeline. Dusty is on line three. Welcome to the program.
5: I'm David. Yeah, go ahead, David. The dust problem that we're having in the house. Okay. Appears to be, it's a white powder, very, very fine. Once in a while, a chunk will come out that's probably the size of a pinhead. And I am very sure to me that that is coming from the blown-in insulation in the attic. The
1: money you've spent so far, what was it spent on?
5: Uh Essentially, four things uh, have the ductwork sealed. When they did that, they also replaced a section of the duct itself. It's one of these uh, things that has, you know, is a, a tube and okay. it Fl- collapses. And yep. they, they cleaned the ducts and they had a duct pressure tap. And all
1: of those passed. Ha- has you, have you recently replaced the air conditioning unit or did this problem just start right out of the blue?
5: We're in an older home in Sun City West, built in 79. Uh, We replaced the air conditioner three years before the problem started.
1: The fact that the problem didn't develop for three years, I would still want to check that air handling cabinet really good and make sure nothing inside that air handling cabinet isn't deteriorating. The fact that we've already sealed the ducts, my question would be, did we seal the ducts by crawling through the attic and wrapping everything, or did we apply aeroseal? I'm guessing from the money you spent, we probably wrapped it from the outside. Aeroseal may be the next thing to try, where they actually pressurize the ductwork and spray like a fix a flat product into the ductwork and it seals up any and every hole that'll solve it but the first thing we're going to want to do is get the product the dust tested at a laboratory to see if we can determine if in fact it is what we we got to find out what it is then we'll know what to look. We were able to catch Jared with security, Rosie Certified Security Expert, available to talk real quick in the middle of his Saturday chores. And Eileen has a smoke detector that won't quit chirping. Hi, Uh
4: Eileen. Hey, Rosie. How are you guys doing?
1: Very good. Jared, how can you help her?
4: Before you take wire cutters to those, let's uh, let's see if we can solve it. So Just about any smoke detector you're going to have up on the ceiling there, Eileen. You should be able to, if you put your hand on it, twist it counterclockwise. You should be able to pop it off of there, and then you'll see an attachment clip. You can remove that clip, and then the nice thing is if we do decide that you're going to get new smoke detectors, you just buy the new smoke detector, click it right back into there, and if you have the same brand, it'll fit right back onto that base on the ceiling and put a brand new one up. But before you do that, What I would recommend doing is there is a test button on a smoke detector, and that low battery may just that low battery warning may just be stuck inside the little basic processor inside the smoke detector. So press the test button and hold it down for 15 seconds. You'll you'll get that beep from the smoke detector. And then it should go away. If it doesn't, what I'm guessing it is, all the smoke detectors with a backup battery have an internal battery in them. So even if you take the backup battery out and you took the smoke detector off the wall and there's no power going to it, there's an internal battery in it that still keeps it working for a little bit. And if that internal battery has failed, then you're still going to get the chirping. And the last two things, the age of the smoke detector, if it's more than seven or eight years old, it may have reached the end of its lifespan and the smoke detector doesn't care if you put a new battery in it's just saying, you know, I'm 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 done here, um, and so it's going to beep away because it's it's reached the end of its life. Very last one to mention that we do have a big problem with in Arizona is the way that your smoke detector works. There's a little very fine filter in it, and normally when smoke or you know other things go into it, that's what sets off the smoke detector. Being in Arizona, that we have a lot more fine dust than other parts of the country. That seven eight year lifespan can be accelerated. And once that little filter in a smoke detector that once again should normally just be filtering and looking for smoke, once that has filled up, if there's been any renovations in the home or anybody's had uh, you know some fine dust from sawing drywall or just the dust from the outside of the home, once that has clogged up the smoke detector, it's done. No battery replacement is going to fix it. So again, what I would do is hold the test button down for 15 seconds. If that doesn't fix it, it's it's probably time for a new smoke detector.
1: I'm glad we got Jared on the phone. That that, that was about five or six things. I, I had one or two ideas. That's Jared from Tecna Security. I didn't on, know
0: about the dust thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh. On, on Rosie's lifeline. He's uh, You can find him on our website, com, under security systems. There huh. you go, Eileen. Now we just saved your whole family sanity. You can thank us later.
0: Our weekly to-do this week, if you're following along in the Rosie on the House Home Maintenance calendar, is tile and grout repair. However, like they say in football, we're calling an audible for some important information for the Arizona homeowner, and we're going to let Romy kick it off.
3: Something new that's come to light, one of our certified partners, Day and Night Plumbing and Air Conditioning, has brought to our attention is this product called Orangeburg. Jeff, help educate our homeowners like you did us about this Material that may be in some of our homes? Well, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, up to 1982,
6: uh, Orangeburg piping was used uh, for sewer lines uh, in the yard. It was never approved to be under the house. So from the city connection up to the house, um, it's a bituminous fiber, which is basically paper and tar rolled into a, a shape like a pipe. When oh, it was designed, it was supposed to last 50-plus years, uh, but now, now realizing it only will last about 30. So over time, it's, it's a brittle, it's not a strong pipe, uh, so roots can easily get into it. Um, it can start to collapse under the weight of the dirt, things like that. So um, if you have it,
3: it's, it's ready to be replaced and this is the pipe that goes from the house down to the street. It's, it's your waste water. Correct. From the house to the street, the city
6: connection. Again, it was never approved to be under the house. So it's you don't have to worry about that.
3: Uh, so it's, it's strictly going to be in the yard. Now, that's not to say on an older home, because this is anything 1981 and prior is suspect to having this. Correct. So it doesn't... Yeah, you're right. If um,
6: under the house... Uh, it, could be, it could be clay. It could be the cast iron. Um, and so, yeah, there could be further problems if your house is 30 years old.
3: Now, and there, other than digging it up, the only other way to know if we have it is really send a camera down there. Yeah,
6: it's the best way to assess the situation, um, give you a clear picture of what your options are, is to use a camera inspection.
3: And what does that camera inspection show us? I mean, can you actually physically see? Is it in color? Uh, what, what, what does that look like to the homeowner when you're done? Yeah, it's a,
6: it's a very high-definition defi- high color video uh, that we can record and send to you. Uh, so, again, everything we're explaining to you and writing down on paper,
3: you can also see. Not that you really want to see in color what's in your drain line, but <laughs> it'll you'll at least know for you know legitimately you have this, and it's it's ready to be replaced now, just because it's from the house to the street doesn't mean what's underneath your your house may not be ready as well, like no. you had mentioned it might be clay or cast iron, some of those you know if, if a home has this that was built back in the fifties, you really uh you, you got lucky <laughs> you, yeah. you got your money's worth.
6: Yeah, I mean, a, a 50-year-old house, um, if your drains are still working properly, you are lucky. You, you uh, It's past its usable life, what it was designed for. But when we do a camera inspection, we're not just going to do uh, what's outside. We're also going to send it under your house. Uh, it wouldn't be logical to just do half the system and not know that the other half also had issues. So we often do find clay pipes that are broken underground, um, rusted out, iron pipes, and um, we find bellies, you know, even in plastic pipes where, you know, it was put in incorrectly from the beginning and it's it's a, it's a problem. If you're periodically getting your drain lines snaked, you know, getting them unclogged or using a jetter, which is the power wash, cleaning out the pipes um, with a camera, we can see where the problem areas uh, show up. We can see that there's bellies in the line that accumulate waste and become a problem over time.
3: When you're in a situation where you're having to do a complete home re what material are we using today? Well, most people are using ABS, and we
6: still do that to a certain degree, but we're now uh, using a PVC pipe, which is a, a superior product in quality. Uh, it's a straighter, more rigid, stronger pipe that um, allows for the sewer, once it's underground, to stay very straight. And so we avoid bellies, which are... You know, basically where the pipe sags underground and collects water, which is we don't want
3: that. And I know we don't know the full life expectancy of PVC at this point, but a good quality, s- strong schedule PVC. I mean, we're hundreds of years, <laughs> possibly. I can easily
6: see that. Yes, and so uh, we'll say it should last, if properly installed, a hundred years or
3: more. Or more, and. The technician on site, when after he runs the camera and he can tell you, here's what's under the house, here's what's under the home, you know, these are both condition conducive to you know, pending problems that are coming, and we need to start saving for a replacement or use home equity line of credit, whatever case. Some cases insurance um, may cover parts of it, but is he able to give an estimate on the replacement, or does that have to go back to the team? Most jobs, the technician on site. Uh, is trained to provide a
6: full estimate. Uh, sometimes the variables are if we're saw cutting some foundation areas, um, if we're having to move kitchen cabinets, things like that, if it's a full replacement sewer under the house. So most, most jobs, um, the technician on site is prepared to leave you with a written estimate, uh, you know, with options. For homeowners uh, with houses uh, 1982
3: and older, um, we will provide a free camera inspection. And that generally is a couple hundred dollar ticket. I mean, you have to get a technician, you're licensed, you're bonded, you're insured, your trucks are equipped. I mean, he's in a company vehicle. That's that's a couple hundred dollar ticket item by itself, generally speaking.
6: Yeah, full camera inspection typically runs three to four hundred dollars
3: depending on size of home and, and length of drain. So that's something y'all are offering for free because uh, once we get to the replacement, we, I mean we we got to do a little yard demo to get that replaced. It's not a pipe you can it's, – it's not a project you can do underground. I mean, you've got a trench to get this corrected. That is correct.
6: We have to trench, uh, dig, and uh,
3: put in the new pipe and then backfill it all
6: where it was before.
3: And that's something y'all can take from A to B. It's not like we're having to call a landscaper. Well, an excavator. Uh,
6: yeah, typically we will exclude the the landscaping. So if it's a if it's a grassy area, then uh, we would ask the client to bring in their landscaper when we're finished. But what we will leave it with is a properly backfilled and compacted dirt uh, area, so that the landscaper can go in and, and do his job. Uh, same thing applies with you know if it were detailed hardscapes that for some reason we have to uh, disconnect. Yeah, the when the option is available uh, to trench underground um, to avoid damaging landscaping, hardscapes, things like that, we always let the client know when that option is available.
3: Yeah, we're kind of on the forefront of this Orangeburg replacement process as of today. Tempe seems to be the most proactive municipality. going uh, to educate their the homeowners about this and that it's there, but. I'm sure we're going to start seeing other cities catch up and more programs develop for, you know, the process and insurance teaming together to get these all replaced before, you know, obviously replacing it before a problem is a lot cheaper than replacing it once a problem occurs or you've got spillage or a leak or something.
6: Well, once the sewer pipe collapses, you have no choice (laughs) but to uh, get it, you know, to start, start the project. So it, it makes sense for a homeowner to at least be a little bit educated and understand what their options are, get more than one bid, and plan for it. Yeah, we, we just know that uh, this is an issue that's going to become more popular, so we're trying to get ahead of it. Whether you use our company or another company, it makes sense to understand your situation, um, plan for it, get that second, third bid, and, and make an educated decision.
3: Which is just part of being every Arizona homeowner's best friend, and we don't do it by ourselves. We do it with great partners like Day and Night Plumbing and Air. And if you suspect you've got Orangeburg or you want to get that free camera inspection, you can go. You can find them at com or just dayandnightair.com. Schedule with a technician. Come out get it, camera scope doesn't mean you have to replace it today then you may think okay we've got a two or three year time frame here based on the camera inspection you may see something that no this is a today problem we've got to get on it like jeff said when when the sewer stops You've got no choice. <laughs> I mean, you're you, you're going and knocking on your neighbor's door for everything. You don't think about it, but every time you turn on a faucet, run your dishwasher, run your laundry, take a shower, brush your teeth, I mean, that drain line is the second part of that. And when it's not working, I mean, your whole life stops.
1: Kenny in Phoenix has a question. Let's see if we can help him out. Good morning, Kenny.
7: Hey, good morning, Rosie. How are you, buddy?
1: Very good, bud. Thanks for hanging on. I know I know you've been patient here. How can we help you?
7: Oh, that's all I'm just sitting out here watching my pool drain right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm saving my water and irrigating my yard. Okay, all right. So, all right. Getting ready to pressure wash and get it ready for summertime. Okay. It's a um, good time of year to Hey, my do that. question, was, and I'll get to it real quick, is, hey, I got a, one of those conventional-style ranch homes, stucco siding and pop-outs on it, okay? Okay. And, um, we, I know we don't get a lot of rain, but when we do get rain, I got a problem on, on the eaves where they drop down, um, where the where the, peak, where the pitch comes down into the and makes the little V, then it runs off the house. So I got a low spot of land right there, and um, I get a lot of water buildup. So I'm going to gutter it, but I'm having a difficult time trying to figure out what type of screws to put through that pop-out all the way into the – if there's a header board in there or not. Oh, okay. So you have – Um,
1: the Santa Barbara style stucco home where the stucco actually comes up right to the drip edge. And and you're wondering how to anchor to that. Yep. Okay. Well, there, there is a solid anchoring member there. That's how they wrapped the stucco up to the bottom of the roof deck. You can find it. I would tell you, just take a long, um, you know, electricians, have really long small uh uh, drill bits in particular i would take a long six or eight inch eighth inch drill bit and i would just probe the area so you could identify where that framing member stops it's usually going to be about three and a half to five and a half inches below the tile line should be solid you should have plenty to anchor to there and what i would do is i would probably take the nail through the gutter and you've got a little feral sleeve that's going to hold the gutter apart. And I would tap it. I'd mark the spot. Then I'd go ahead and drill that spot and I would fill that with caulk. And then I would finish driving that uh, gutter retaining nail through that. And you ought to, you ought to be all set. Does that make sense?
7: So you, yeah, I understand. So I got the, if I'm, I'm looking at it right now, so where the top, where the where the asphalt roofing comes off, there's a little metal plate that hangs over the edge. Try and okay. get
1: try and get the backside of your gutter under that middle drip edge. Okay. Okay. You yep. you, you don't want any exposed stucco between your drip edge and the start of your gutter. So force that okay. gutter up in behind that thing.
7: So I should go with the U shape, the older style.
1: Yes as opposed style to rain
7: gutters right as opposed to what were you thinking well the newer ones that have all these plastic piece of crap clips on them <laughs> well and <laughs> they, they, they answered
3: your own question
7: there <laughs> and they they will work
1: pretty well for exactly. they will work pretty well for several years because you're not here in Arizona below the rim because you're not having to deal with snow and ice loads you you really are just dealing with water and probably some leaf litter (laughs) let's welcome john to the conversation john let me introduce you to the most knowing the most knowing contractor i know the registrar of contractors for the entire state of arizona jeff fleetham john why don't you ask jeff your question okay Um, hi hi you guys and thanks for taking
4: my call you bet um i got a question i have a new build and this question is around the felt and the tiles on the roof. Yes, sir. So um, it's, it's in the construction process, and they put, the t- they put the felt, and they've tacked it down, and they have the tiles sitting on the roof. And it's been sitting on the roof for probably over two months or more. Okay. And during that time, there's been, you know, we've had a little bit of rainstorms, a lot of wind storms. And I'm just wondering, you know, if that's good for the felt and, and how long can they keep those tiles up on the roof? And in the meanwhile, you know, they put the drywall on the inside. I just feel like the inside okay. is still exposed. Gotcha. Uh, All right, Well, well All right, here, here,
8: Here's Here's the reason, and, and you mentioned the key thing, the drywall <laughs> is already there, right? So what the tile does is it, it, we call it preloading the structure. So the tile is heavy, Right. And so the tile goes on the, on, on the roof structure and it preloads it. And so it compresses the building to where it's going to be compressed when it's finished. And then you put the drywall on before that so it doesn't crack when you then put the tile on. So that's a normal process. Uh, the felt, if there's any problem with the felt... Ah, uh, before they put that down, they'll fix that. They'll repair that if they got to re- refelt it or whatever. But that's called preloading, and it's a common practice with towers. It's the right practice. Yes, yes, so, it's, yes. A right common practice. So, so, John, they're they're doing it the right way.
3: And just one more reason why, if I'm building, I'd do it in masonry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, if you build just, it with a strong enough material, you don't need to preload because you're yeah, expecting cracking, warping, and twisting
1: they, uh, and splinting on the walls. They still want you to preload. <laughs> yeah, your you will still trussle. preload it. <laughs>
8: Always preloaded. So now, listen,
1: director. Uh, the topic of the hour—you may not know that if you're a listener—was uh, painting.
8: <laughs>
3: but, oh boy! But
1: when we found out you were coming in, I thought, well, boy, I'm going to jump all over this opportunity. But okay. and one of the things we wanted to talk about today uh, is the presence of lead, and for do-it-yourselfers that are in homes that were built prior to 1978, right? You know, you need to test this, and I know. Folks, I know there are do-it-yourself test kits you can buy, but are you qualified to actually test correctly? So I just want to ask you homeowners a couple questions. You're in a home built prior to 1978. It's probably, and you're going to do a little remodel. Well, we're going to need to test it for lead, for your safety and the safety of everyone that's going to work on the project. Do you know how to test it for lead? How many coats of paint have been put over that original lead-based coat of paint? Three, four, five? Were one of those coats left over lead-based ba- paint? Or had they converted to acrylic? You need to test every layer of paint that's been put on that house, not just the paint that's on the surface. And then there are kits that are designed for particular colors, if you use the wrong kit on the wrong color, you will get a false negative. When, in fact, you could be dealing with lead-based paint and you wouldn't be taking those necessary precautions. Professional lead testing is not that expensive. We actually include it in every estimate we do, lead and asbestos testing It doesn't cost a lot of money for the reduction of exposure of liability and health concerns. It's well worth the money. If you, the Arizona homeowners, are tackling a project on a home dated, constructed before 1978, contact a lead and asbestos testing agency and get it tested correctly, professionally. I do not recommend you're using the do-it-yourself kits. There's just, there's just too much you need to know to do it and do it right. It's called follow instructions. <laughs> I, and you know what? That's another app I found at the Builder Show. Jennifer, what was that app's name?
4: Built. Built. Wasn't it B-I-L-T, right? Built.
1: Yeah, built.com. They have taken the owner's manual of literally thousands of products and they've animated illustrated and video enhanced every instruction manual it was the most genius it makes following directions cool again (laughs) and it's and it's a free app you download it and then you go uh let's just say a thermidor dishwasher installation and it will show you every step animated, illustrated from the owner's manual how to do it.
8: But just think if you didn't follow directions and you got it right the first time, how, how, much, time, how yeah. much time you would save.
1: How, how, many, <laughs> how many badges of honor does that get you, huh? But it, it, it was it was a brand new app that, I, that really awesome. caught my attention. So
0: let's say I have a, a sink. Well, this just, just, just happened to me too. Yeah. Uh, bathroom faucet. Yeah. Okay. It's 20 years old. I know the stem's leaking. If I don't have the instruction manual, I can go here and find it and see what the part number is. And it'll
1: it'll even demonstrate how to do it. So it's like YouTube and animation and the owner's manual all built into one free app. Genius. Awesome. And and the guy that demonstrated, we did a little uh, video on it so we could demonstrate it. Um, He said there, there isn't a manufacturer that isn't in waiting. To get their manuals loaded onto their software. That's awesome. And they've already got literally, you can't think, if you walked into an Ace Hardware store and looked at all the brands, there isn't a brand on the shelves that isn't already in that app. That is awesome. Those of you that are doing the remodeling on your own, just be aware, we were using asbestos and lead in many building products right up until 1978. If you're going to tackle a project on a home older than that, please do the lead and asbestos testing. There is a government website that's pretty darn helpful, epa.gov forward slash lead and or asbestos.